Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti. Welcome to Yoga Land. Hi there, Jason. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the first podcast of 2023. Yeah. I can't believe it, honestly. That it's the first podcast or that it's 2023? That it's 2023 and that I've been doing the podcast for this long. I think I graduated from high school 30 years ago this year. That happened to me a few years ago. It is very That's really weird. startling. Totally it's, startling. It's a bit unsettling, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, today we're going to talk about beginners. Yes. And teaching a four-week series for beginners. And before we get into the details of that, um, I'll do this shameless plug for you, which is that you're going to be launching soon uh, Art of Teaching Yoga to Beginners online course. There's actually a waitlist page up if you want to be notified when the course is available. You just go to learn.jasonyoga.com slash beginners, um, and we'll let you know all the details as they become available. But what are we going to specifically talk about today? So a component of that course, like a really big component of that course, there's really five key components to that course. But one of them is I teach you how to teach four one-hour classes that are put together as a series for beginners. Um, and it's really the series that I have taught beginners for years. Maybe in... Maybe... 20 years or so ago, I realized when I was working at a particular studio in San Francisco that there were no dedicated beginner's classes. And it didn't make any sense to me because I knew as a yoga student, when I was a beginner, I wanted to take a beginner's class. So you did? I, I did. didn't. I think that's the issue. But you came from more of a movement background. Right. I didn't. But I think a series is really smart because if I even with movement background, I would go to a series knowing that it was organized, knowing that I was going to yeah. get the foundations. But for me, the embarrassment of like going to an ongoing beginner's class that I thought wasn't going to be hard enough for me, I wouldn't do. Yes. No, I get that. So so what I decided was when I saw that there were no dedicated beginner's classes, I started to think to myself, well, as a student, I kind of wish I had had a beginner's class. But even more so as a teacher, I wanted a dedicated place for the beginners to go to learn a specific curriculum that, to be honest, as a teacher, I knew would make my life easier in the mixed level classes, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so I started to think to myself, well, I don't really want the commitment of asking the studio to have an ongoing beginner's class. So maybe I can teach an eight-week beginner's course. And so I did that. I taught an eight-week beginner's course. And what I saw was that there was a lot of attrition after the six-week mark that those people, after six weeks, they started to want to go to other more random classes, right? And then I just started to realize, well, maybe eight weeks as a series is a little bit in the modern era much. Yeah. Like, it's a bit of a commitment. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's whittle it down to four years or to, to excuse me, to four weeks, although it'd be a four-year beginner series would be pretty <laughs> awesome. And so I started doing this and it was the only thing that I taught that sold out every time I did it. And I started to teach this every month, one four-week beginner series every month. I called it Begin at the Beginning and it was hugely popular and it was 
not only valuable in and of itself, but it was valuable for me as a teacher that when new students came into my more mixed level or advanced level classes, I had a really great place to send them, right? So I was, of course, welcoming when they dropped into my mixed level class, but I could also say, if you're interested in this four-week beginner's course, you're going to learn so much and really set the foundation for being able to do these mixed level classes more skillfully. Then I would say years into doing that, I've never done CrossFit, but I learned that in the CrossFit community, that in, in most places within that broader community, that in order to go to mixed level or drop in classes, you had to do a four part foundational course. Yeah. They call it onboarding. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just started to realize like, oh, on every level, this is brilliant. And for me, I take education really seriously. And I think that mixed level classes, and I even think that ongoing beginners classes, they're fraught with challenges that don't suit the beginner perfectly. And so part of this beginner's course that I decided to create, I decided that when you take this course, you learn to teach a four-week beginner's curriculum that I've taught for years. Um, And I talk in that course, like we're going to talk now about why a four-week beginner's course is actually so fun and valuable to teach and why there's so much demand for it, Mm -hmm. right? So I wanted to talk through that and to say that you really have two options, listeners, right? Option one is take the inspiration that we have in this conversation to create your own. You're, like, you're fully competent to create a four-week beginner's course. Um, the other thing is it would be another reason to take this course when it becomes available in mid-January is you can teach the course that... Based on your curriculum that yeah, you've already mapped out. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So the first thing that comes up to me is is the value for the beginner, right? Is that I just think it is more a more comfortable environment for students to be in a group of peers that you know also have no prior exposure or experience. I think that one of the big barriers for people that are interested in yoga but not yet practicing yoga is they don't know where to start and they feel insecure. They feel intimidated. Like it's really difficult mentally and emotionally to do something that's completely new and unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. And it's less uncomfortable to do that with a group of students, Mm -hmm. right? Um, A non-yoga example of this is the the school that I train jujitsu at. They do four-week gi and four-week no-gi beginner's courses. And they are hugely powerful. They're really, really hugely successful um, because it it breaks down that first barrier of being intimidated or scared to take that first step. I keep meaning to go to the beginner, the group beginners pickleball like clinics. Totally. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not that comfortable just getting in there and playing, which other people are who've done racket sports before and things like that. But um, yeah, I know that I will not feel like as much of an idiot going to the group. I think we just have a lot of insecurity about being new to something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, especially and as it, adults. Right, mm-hmm. especially as adults, because we're completely out of practice and we have a more fully formed ego and identity, 
right? Yeah. And so for me to go to a beginner's series is just this, again, it's a socially much less awkward environment. And the other thing is there's there's embedded into it like a non-hierarchical peer group, mm-hmm. meaning like if you're a newer student and you go to a mixed level class, it, it can feel no matter how skillful the teacher is, it can feel a little bit like you're you're joining someone else's luncheon. And there's like the head table, there's like the people at the front of the class, and there's like the people that the teacher knows already and this and that. So to be in this environment, I think is much more socially welcoming. Um, welcoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I and the second thing is, and I already spoke to this is most studios have a really big scheduling gap. Most studios commit a, a, a big error, which is they try to make everything equally available for everyone. And yoga needs to be unbelievably inclusive and welcoming and inviting. And at the same time, when you're learning a skill set, it's just much more effective to step into the environment that is more immediately related to your level in that skill set. And most studios, because they, because they want to collect the greatest amount of students for every class, make everything mixed levels. Mm -hmm. I actually don't completely mind mixed levels, but I mind the absence of foundational courses. Yeah. And the reality too is that in beginners courses, if it's it not courses, if beginners classes on schedules also don't work that well because there's a natural churn. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because most people, when they think about being a beginner, they think about it as a finite period of time. Right. Right. And that's hopefully the case. Like Yeah. 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 So what that's gonna mean is for most studios it's really difficult to have an ongoing open, like an ongoing drop-in fundamentals course, Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. You can have like a general yoga course or a basics, whatever, but it's much more difficult to do it because your students are naturally going to turn over just like your prenatal student classes yeah. are going to naturally turn over. And so what tends to happen is there just isn't a good place for a beginner to go. And... When you then create monthly or quarterly a specific place for beginners to go, not only do the beginners go there, but like the the regulars at that studio who have people in their lives that want to start yoga have somewhere to go, right? If we think about it, most businesses are still very word of mouth businesses. And so if I'm running a yoga studio, and I have a bunch of mixed level classes and I'm fortunate enough to have a bunch of regulars. Well, where are you going to take your new friend that on the pickleball court says, oh, I should totally do yoga. You're going to bring into the mixed level class. And, you know, that may or may not actually help them very much. So really having somewhere to funnel new and interested students, like it's a remarkable service to provide. For the studio. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost always everybody a huge demand. Like there really is a huge demand for this. Yeah. And I'll I'll say it again which is 
the amount of people that are interested in yoga but not practicing yoga is greater than the people that are already practicing yoga. Like your biggest potential student base doesn't practice yoga yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They don't. I guarantee it, right? So would it work for the purposes of this conversation to say, like, let's pretend you're pitching your studio on this course? What is the top line? What would what are the on this little four week series? What are the things we're that are most important that we're going to talk about? Okay. I think if I were going to pitch the studio, I would pitch the studio two things. I would pitch the thing that that studio won't exist without, which is it's profitable, right? The second thing I would pitch is what I just spoke to, which is there is a big gap in the offering. Mm -hmm. So if I provide a new service to a group of students that I'm going to bring in a new base, I'm going to bring in new clientele, I'm going to bring in new revenue, but not only am I going to bring in new revenue on that series, but I'm providing an access point to all of those student students that like the four-week beginner series. They learn some things, and now they're much more inclined to go to the mixed level classes. Yeah. Right. So you have a new you have a, a new profit center, which is the course itself, but then you have the most important feeder. Yeah. Which is a new group of students. Okay. I would say the other thing on that is you have the establishment of a good foundational relationship. Like I think about this all the time. I I think most people are kind of creatures of habit, especially when they're insecure about starting something new. So if if a new student finds a course that they like, the teacher that they like, the studio that they like, they have no reason to go elsewhere, right? And so it's it's a it's you you're helping to facilitate someone's yoga experience in an effective and efficient way from the ground up. But you're also in that pitch, you're building clientele. Mm -hmm. You're building clientele for yourself and you're building clientele to for your studio, right? I think another big thing that comes out, I think this is less in the pitch, but another reason that I want people to really do this work and teach beginners is we all know that it's easier to teach a consistent group of students over time, right? If I teach a random 60-minute class, let's say it's even a random 60-minute beginner's class, there's only so many things I can teach, right? But if I teach four of those that are related, then there's four times as many things as I can teach. So a four-week beginner series, it just gives you the scale that's necessary to teach people some of the essential foundations of this practice. Okay. Yeah. In your beginners online course, you offer like a framework, an outline or curriculum for them to follow. But let's say, let's just talk through a little bit of the highlights of what you would recommend people include if they're just going to sit down and try to think about this and hammer this out on their own. Yeah. Let's think, let's kind of pause for a moment and think about as a yoga teacher, identifying your priorities. Or thinking to yourself, as a yoga teacher, if I could start people from the ground up, what would I prioritize? 
and how would I do it? If I could teach mm-hmm. my students four technical things mm-hmm. and one philosophical thing, what are those things? Yeah. And what I'm going to say is, as yoga teachers, this is really deep, enjoyable, like soulful work. And I don't know how much we do it. And the reason we often don't do it is because we just get stuck in the mold of going from class to class to class to class to class. And yeah, maybe we think a little bit about sequencing here and there. But that that like stepping back and identifying to yourself, I'm a teacher. How do I teach this from the ground up? And what do I prioritize? I think is hugely valuable. Yeah, right? I think the prioritizing would be super challenging. Like for me, when I think about it, if I had to sit down today and do this, I would be so overwhelmed because I would want to like cover everything yes. and I would want to like make sure they knew who Patanjali was, you know, all right, these things. Right, right, right. So and me- what you're saying is really just think about a handful, a small handful of things that you want to focus on. So I give this example all the time, but in in inverse, okay? So we're going we're gonna to get to this answer, but... You remember when I first wrote that article for you on triangle pose? Yeah. That beginners, uh, what column was it? It was basics. It was was called basics basics at the time. And I just wrote everything that I knew about triangle pose, right? And you were like, this is unreadable. Right. You said it in a kind way, but you're like, this is not the only environment that people are ever going to learn about triangle pose. You can only teach so many things in one setting. And so you need to figure out one or two things that you want to communicate. So what I would say, what I would say, well, not what I would say, what I do when I teach this four-week curriculum is I decide to myself, like I said, what are my priorities? And I need to let everything else go. So I'm going to tell you what start to be my priorities. My priority number one is I actually want a new student to learn a sun salutation. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, because I want them to learn the stride and downward facing dog. Mm-hmm. I want them to learn the transition, stepping back and stepping forward, like how a new student does that. I want them to understand plank. I want them to understand how to lower to the floor. I want them to understand locust and cobra. In the first first four weeks, maybe chaturanga, but it's not a priority. Right. Right. It's not a priority. Along with the sun salutation, I want you to also understand how to inhale and exhale, how to just do basic inhalations with basic exhalations, right? So a sun salutation plus coordinated breath and movement. That's it. Another high priority of mine is to understand foundational warrior two based standing poses. So warrior two, triangle pose side angle pose, then foundational warrior one base poses. So warrior one, Parshvottanasana, and a very modified revolved triangle pose. Then in terms of other postural groups, my priorities are basic face down backbends, basic seated twists, basic seated and reclined hip openers. So those are all my postural and breathing focal points. Now, I provide beginners and I provide people in this training with an actual full curriculum. So not just the four weeks, but I have a curriculum that I teach beginners that breaks down like the key cues and the key techniques for 
all of the individual postures that I think are for beginners. Um, but there's also concepts that I want to lay out, right? And I think I think we're all going to identify with this, which is the most important concept to lay out is yoga can be difficult and challenging and uncomfortable at times, but it should never hurt, mm, right? Yeah. I think another thing that I want to lay out from the beginning is in the flow of a class, if you're having difficulty or pain, I can't help you. I can not help you. You need to step back and you need to stop and I'll show you how to do that. And then come up to me after class and let's troubleshoot. So that's like, I think that's a big foundational thing that I want students to know about our relationship is that when there's a group present and we're all working together, if something hurts, you have to stop and that's that's good to do. Um, but in the flow of the group, it's not possible for me to go through all of the different ways to troubleshoot to effectively help you in all situations. So I want you to understand from the foundation of being a new student, what's happening in class is your responsibility. It shouldn't hurt if it does stop. Then after class, it's mine. Mm -hmm. You come up to me after class and let's work together to troubleshoot. Mm-hmm. Right? Like literally those things. I think then when it comes to my philosophical priorities, this is this is gonna this is kind of a, a slight gonna be a slight subsection of our conversation, okay? But I'm gonna tell you that I don't think that for beginners, the overt philosophical container of the yoga tradition is easy to access in a movement class. So what I want people to do is prioritize the ability to do basic things like listen to their body, not be aggressive, find a reasonable challenge that they can breathe through. I want them to observe how their mind is processing the information and and what kind of... Um, like what mood and mode your inner narrator is in, but I'm not going to lay Patanjali out to you in those first four weeks, not in class, mm-hmm. okay? So now this is the subset, the separate section, which is, but I am going to provide you with a reading list. I am going to provide you with the possibility of a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or a reading group, right? I, and I think this is something like a book club, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. With I, you moderating, either no. with either with me moderating, but this is something where I'm like I, I'm putting to the I want to put to the audience, which is we have always thought as a yoga teacher, like teaching a series or a training, what we do inside these four walls during our allotted increment of time. We need to be beyond that. Mm-hmm. It's too. It's it's too, too short sighted. It's too short sighted. Mm-hmm. And it, think about this: if I'm trying to teach you to juggle, what's better for me to use more balls or less balls? That's the obvious answer. So when you're teaching beginners, you have to have priorities, and you have to extremely reduce the amount of things that you're trying to teach to teach those things well. So you figure out what the priorities are, you return to them and really create foundations that people can build on. 
because this is a four-week beginner series. This is not the totality of your yoga education. And so I think that trying to put too much of the philosophical container for me into those first four weeks, even though they're core to the yoga tradition, for me, I think it's actually easier to do offline or after after class. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I like, and it's one thing I provide in this course is a little, a little reading list for beginners. Like, what do I think are the best books? What do I think are the best supplements? Not food supplements, but <laughs> educational or spiritual supplements, right? What, I'm going to even put it this way, I like to give people the option of simple little bits of homework that they can do. So I, I, I love this idea of thinking, during the class, let's focus on more of the postural details that are going to, over time, help our students scale into a safe, skillful, and sustainable practice. And then how do I provide them with the intellectual, philosophical, historical context through additional sources, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And And depending on the teacher and how you teach it, the world's your oyster, right? This is where I was kind of talking about and you brought up of like, how do you create a curriculum, right? Yeah. And the answer is, well, you spend some time and think, well, what was so, what was so valuable for me early on? Um, For me early on, personally, in terms of philosophy was The Heart of Yoga, right? The book, The Heart of Yoga by Desika Char. Like that was the book that put so much into context for me more so than, you know, the philosophical musings of my teacher while I was in pigeon pose, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so this is how we do it. This is how we create that content. We figure out our priorities and then we limit, right? We have to learn how to be really good editors and provide additional environments for learning. Mm -hmm. I like that you, you know, start out by saying, I teach the basics of sun salutations because, you know, that that's, that's with the th- thought process being they're going to do this four-week beginner's course, and then they're going to be kind of on their own to, yes. to try a mixed-level class, and it, they're going to feel much better about that experience if they have those bases covered. Um, do you also talk about – I'm just curious. Do you also talk about Shavasana in your – Four-week beginners? Yeah. Yeah. And I have Shavasana's pretty brief. For a 60-minute class, it's three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that Shavasana, or, or talking about Shavasana, I make it interchangeable with seated meditation. Because a lot of people, especially when you're new, Shavasana's super weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. really uncomfortable. Um, and I, I want people... When I think about what makes an effective learning environment, the the main thing that comes to mind time and time again is welcoming. And so we want to be welcoming with people, not just in terms of like being nice to them, but not, not overly inserting our emotional experience with postures, but instead helping people to know that there's a big range of sensations and thoughts and emotions that are normal when they come up. Mm -hmm. And for some of you laying flat on your back 
in the middle of the day with a group of strangers is cool. It's, just, it's comfortable. It's yeah. grounding. For other people, it's it creates anxiety. So if you feel uncomfortable, if it feels just uncomfortable that you lay back, then we're just going to be quiet for three minutes. You can go ahead and sit on your block, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And and providing them with those basics. The, the voice in my head that tries to sabotage everything that I'm talking about is the voice that's like, well, but there's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more. Yeah. And right. But that's that's the point. You, this is not a four-week crash like, course. Crash course <laughs> on everything there. So no, that's the mistake teachers make. Sure, sure, sure. So it's what like I'll put it another way. There's a beginner that comes to your advanced vinyasa class. You have four hours to get them as absolutely basically prepared to handle that class appropriately. What do you do? Uh, you have to work backwards from there, right? You have to work you have to work backwards from the reality of how people are going to practice after these 4 weeks, right? And that's where this is a service. It's a huge service. You're really saying to yourself, these are the things that a new student will learn from techniques to postures to general approach that will make them a much more effective learner. Mm -hmm. Not, this is everything they can possibly learn in those four weeks, Mm -hmm. right? There might be incredibly, like, some of the most important things about yoga, you might not even address in those first four weeks in the long run because those first four weeks are there to provide them with their with something to grow on it's a jumping off point for them yeah Mm -hmm. yeah last question yeah or do you have okay last question what is your recommendation especially if you're pitching the studio on pricing i think and actually length of each class like an hour and a half class yeah so the way that i created it and look the way that i created it in my course is like every course I teach, not gospel, it's not set in stone, it's not the only way, but it is a trusted and true way that that does work. It's one of many. And what I decided to do was to really replicate what I had talked to you about at the beginning of the four-week beginner series that I taught four years, many years ago. And it was at a gym. And so it was four 60-minute classes. And so that's what I kept it to, four 60-minute classes. You can make it 90-minute classes. 90-minute classes would be awesome. Yeah, You can make it 120-minute classes. That would be awesome too. Um, You could make it five weeks. You could make it six weeks. But the four 60-minute classes to the student that hasn't done yoga seems doable. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm playing the psyche of the new student as much as I'm playing the, uh, what is the ideal increment of time? Mm-hmm. So 60 minutes. Okay. Now, another thing about this 60 minutes is, like I said earlier, I'm going to give people that enroll little bits of homework, like little mini sequences, like five to 10 minute sequences that are based on the work that we did that week 
if they want to, throughout the course of that week before we see each other again, do a little bit of practice at home, okay? When it comes to price point, I think this depends a lot on the location, okay? It really does. But you know my ethos, which is I'm from the Midwest. So I would always, I would always underprice something for someone that doesn't yet know the value of that thing. I would also look at this, everybody, as a feeder. Yeah. Right. Well, like, let's just so, say. Just so for the yeah, sake so of I'm going to lay it out. Right. Okay. So I'm going to lay it out. I would make this anywhere between $75 to $100. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's going to be a limited group of students. Right. You're going to, you're probably going to say you limit it to 15 people or you limit it to 20 people. So you're giving them a really high value of attention. Mm hmm. You're giving them like some readings. You're giving them a little bit of homework should you choose to do that. Um, the other thing that I give people as a like in, in this course, or you can create your own, is I give people this like handouts so that when you when you register, you get an email back, hey, thanks for joining me in this course. Here are some things you can look forward to, right? So it's it's some FAQs, it's some basic etiquette, like what do you wear to class? How long is class? What can you expect from class? Blah, 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 right? So so some of those like, you know, the kind of the intro spiel that at the beginning of a class could very easily take 15 minutes of a yoga teacher being like, and just remember, yeah. let me know if you feel uncomfortable and welcome to yoga and all those things. I want students to have read that first, Right. But yeah, anywhere in that $75 to $100 range, you could also do all of this individually on your own online. This could be a Zoom offering, Oh, right? Okay. So we've, we've kind of talked about it as if this is all going to be done at a studio, mm-hmm. but this absolutely could be a four-week Zoom course. Right, okay. Absolutely. It would work just as well. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. A lot yeah. of people don't. When they're first starting out, they don't even know where to go. So yeah, doing it in their home would be comfortable. I want to say one more just thing about the the value to the teacher in teaching this way. Okay, and I'm saving this for last because it's not the thing that I I I want to lead with and prioritize, but I do want to acknowledge it, which is teaching a series is much more profitable for the teacher than just teaching a drop-in class because you're going to get a percentage of the revenue that comes in, right? So this is like really simple, do the numbers on this, okay? So if you charged $80 and there were two, and there were 10 people that came, it's $800. And if you even only got a 50-50 split. That's $400. That's $100 a class. That's more than people are going to make in most classes, mm-hmm. right? And so this for uh, for any teacher, for mostly for all the reasons that we've already talked about, but also for your livelihood, is just a good, simple choice to make. Right. Good investment of your time. And would you recommend that People start by get trying to get more of a revenue share than fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, more like yeah, you 60, want, seventy. You want. 
I would say 60, 60 to 70% okay. in most situations. Okay. Yep. just want to do them right out there. Yep. All right. Well, that was really useful. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Jason. Go do it. Yeah, go do it. Um, and again, if you want to learn more about the Beginners Art of Teaching Beginners course that's coming up really soon, go to learn.jasonyoga.com slash beginners and sign up to be on the wait list. And I will be the one to send you out details um, about more details about the course and when it's happening and the cost and all that, all that good stuff. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. It's great to be back with you in this new year. I'm very excited to just, I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do this year and I have a lot of ideas and thoughts. So stay with me and thanks for being here. And until next week, enjoy your practice. Mm -hmm.